This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. Maybe you've just graduated, or maybe you've been working for decades, or maybe you're even entirely self-employed, but all of us know of the nerves and jitters that come with starting a new job, especially if it's your very first one. How do you enter a new situation like this with confidence? I'm joined today by Matthew Raj Adam, content creator and special projects partner at Leadernomics to discuss just that. First of all, why did you want to talk about this topic? Yeah, so uh, having been kind of just joined the working force very recently and uh, along with a bunch of friends who also are in the same boat as I am, um, a lot of our conversations over dinner kind of center around this, like our experiences at work and confidence is something that um, we all seem to struggle with at at some point um, or currently. And I just thought that, wow, maybe this is something that I could discuss with you Um and and what me and the people that I do life with kind of are going through right now. Mm. What do you think is so scary about starting your first job or, you know, at least entering a new situation where uh, you are the the newbie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's so many things that are really, really scary um, uh, about it. I think number one is the first day when you go in and everybody is kind of doing all the various and onboardings that you have to attend, I think you suddenly realize how uh, you weren't prepared for this <laughs> you, and nothing you could ever do will ever prepare you for uh, for this. Suddenly, everybody seems so much smarter than you. Um, and even if you were like a really smart kid in college while you're doing your undergrad, suddenly it can get really um, overwhelming. So that's kind of like the like the first thing like that hits, I, at least for me and for uh, uh, the people that I talk to. Like there are a lot of factors, I guess, that go into, yeah. you know, yeah. this new work environment that you've entered into, yeah. especially if you've never experienced something like that before. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. also love what you said about the fact that there is no physical way to prepare for that, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, in, in a sense, obviously, you can do a lot of research, you can ask people about their experiences, but that first person initial jolt of I'm actually a working adult, it is extremely terrifying. And I think um, also the what you mentioned as well about knowing that everyone there, well, at least feeling like everyone there knows what they're doing already and you don't. Um, right. You know, that discrepancy is, is extremely intimidating. Um, so what are the challenges here of um, developing confidence in your first job or in this new uh, position of employment? Well, I think the first thing that is very challenging is your own thoughts before any of the externalities come in and, and and play a role in how you think. It's your own thoughts that you have. So there are a couple of thoughts that well, I personally had when I first came in and started. I think number one is, you know, oh, I don't really have the skills to contribute uh, to this or nobody's going to want my ideas or I don't want to give my ideas because I'm really scared. Uh, my supervisor's going to look at me and go like, oh, that's not really good. Why are you so stupid, <laughs> you know? Um, and then obviously the big one for me was because um, a lot of people I worked with were in were in Leronomics for like a while already and they are so well-versed with how things work. Uh, you also start to doubt it, like, man, if they've been here and they know how everything works, what makes me think that I have a solution for this problem that we are trying to tackle right now? Mm. Um, 
So that's that's the first thing. That's like it, that inner dialogue that you have with yourself. And I think that prohibits you from actually learning about the environment that you're in and uh, actually progressing and actually being able to give good ideas. Mm, I would love to jump in on that and say that to me, that uh, sounds a lot like what is called imposter syndrome, right? This idea mm-hmm. of, I don't know what I'm doing here. I know absolutely nothing about anything. I don't know why they've accepted me and I just feel like an imposter here, right. um, yeah. which is a very common phenomenon. And unfortunately, I think as time has gone by, has become a more common phenomenon as well, mm-hmm. um, especially amongst, uh, you know, the incoming workforce. Um, you know, there's something about uh, being, there's something about growing up and, you know, seeing how the job market has changed and how the work environment has changed as well. I mean, let's just take a look at how the pandemic has affected work. Yeah. What we were what we were told would look like our work environment growing up like as kids is totally different from the reality that we're in now. I mean, mm-hmm. I think if you had asked any of uh, the the you know, let's say the people who have been working for a while, if you ask them, you know, hey, a decade ago, two decades ago even, would you have ever considered that uh, there will be a period of time where half of your entire organization is not going to be in the office? Everyone's going to be working from home. Like, do you, uh, do you imagine that you're going to be relying solely on calls, like, you know, <laughs> virtual uh, uh, interviews? They'd be like, of course not, you know? And that's something that I think kind of feeds into imposter syndrome a little bit because you feel like, you know, these are people who have been in the thick of it and you're entering into such uncertainty that sometimes it's difficult to reconcile. How do I actually go about this when so much has changed and I feel like I can't catch up, right? And I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm not sure uh, what I'm doing. So I think that is a really interesting point uh, to bring up as well. We are constantly forgetting, especially this current generation that just entered the workforce in the last two years who had to do their last bits of university or college um, um, at home, that we're actually like the first generation who was like was mass like mass test, testing this work from home sort of thing. So everything is kind of new. Nobody knows like a lot of the answers to the questions of like, how do you get this done from your house? Mm-hmm. So I think if everybody kind of eased up on themselves a little bit and went like, okay, you know, we are new and we have to learn, then I think there will be a lot of a lot less pressure uh, in the way they, they, they go about thinking about Absolutely. things. And I would love to sort of tackle, I guess, the first uh, problem thought in a way, that idea of I don't have the skills required to contribute to this. I think it's so fascinating that uh, you can enter into this new situation and still feel that way because when you look at it from a logical perspective, if you didn't have the skills required, you wouldn't be hired in the first place or you wouldn't mm-hmm. be in this position. Um, and But at the same time, you know, when you look at everyone else in that environment who already is in that routine, I think that's what's scary, right? Is sort of trying to figure out where you fit in the cog uh, and in that yeah. system uh, and trying to think of, okay, what can I bring to the table that isn't already here? I think that's really scary. I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think one of the things that I learned about uh, about this this first this first thought that I had was it wasn't that actually I didn't know what to do. Mm. It just there was that I wasn't really fast at it yet, um, because everybody who's who has seniority in the company or who's already there, like because they've been doing it so so much longer that they are that the speed is there. Like when mm. they're sitting in a meeting, instantly they know 
like what are the protocols or what are really good solutions that uh, you can do. And when you listen to them talk, these are things that you have learned, right? Um, and when you realize like, oh, it's actually, it just, it just take me like, it just will take me like five more minutes than them. Um, suddenly that time, that, that time gap, that's what makes you question everything. You're like, oh my gosh, like, how's it that, you know, she thought of it so quickly and I, you know, yeah. And that in and of itself is interesting that speed and time are these weird uh, pressure factors uh, mm-hmm. in the equation as well. And it's funny because also like any skill, it will only come with time as well. Um, it's not physically possible to be an instant expert at anything. Um, but at the same time, it's, I don't know, psychologically, there is always that voice in the back of your head that's saying like, I, do, I don't get it yet. And it's so frustrating right. because I know that because I don't get it yet and people have to help me get it, I'm but I'm sort of uh, carving into their time. And mm. I'm I'm sort of, there's that feeling that you're wasting people's time. And that's that can actually be extremely demotivating as well. But I think in this case, it's a matter of being kind to yourself and also reminding yourself like, you're still new. You're still... Um, you're still in the process of learning and eventually you will get to a point maybe that uh, this is as second nature to you as it is to the other people in your company because they started afresh as well, right? Um, I mean, you would not step into a car for the first time and be like, oh, I know how to drive home immediately, <laughs> right? Yeah, no. So it's funny that we put that pressure on ourselves in like a work environment a lot of the time, mm. um, even though it is comparable that you are never going to be able to catch up so quickly. Yeah, yeah, mm. for sure. And I think like one of the other one reason so we do that to ourselves is suddenly because there is like a dollar sign attached to everything yes. that we're doing, and we want to make sure that we match what they're giving us at the you know at the end of the month uh, when we go home. So that's like a like a huge thing. And you know, around the dinner table when I'm out with friends, that's one thing. Like, oh, I just want to make sure that this statement I want to I want to work up to my worth, you know, mm. or whatever they think that I'm worth, you know. So when you have that thing there, suddenly, you know, it's not so much about getting it done or the passion. It's also about meeting that requirement. Yeah, 100%. I think that uh, for people who are just stepping into the job scope for the first time, the fact that this is what is financing you, you know what I mean? Like the fact that this is actually going to impact um the structure of your life, in a sense, that is something that will only amplify those feelings, I think, because there is that added idea yeah. of I need to be worth the value they think, uh, they, like, I need to be worth the value they've assigned to me, right? Yeah. So that is interesting. Uh, I would also love to just touch a little bit on the idea of nobody will want my thoughts on this. I think that's really fascinating because... Much like you said earlier, I think people who are in the positions of seniority look like they have it all figured out. So mm-hmm. it can be very scary to chime in with something new or something different because you don't want to rock the boat. Um, I mean, to what extent do you think that that is something um, that we're also affected by in terms of being Asian and also being in a culture where you're not really supposed to like talk back, you know, like you're um, sort of expected to uh, respect people in uh, positions of seniority and not necessarily um, provide that sort of, I guess, uh, instability or, um, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like, is there that pressure, that added pressure of yeah. our sort of cultural context as well? So I think this problem, it starts 
it's for many people it's different, but it starts really early. It either starts at home or it starts at school. Mm. So I'm I'm very grateful to have parents who let me question everything and anything. But when uh, doing school, it was really different because that authority card is played all the time. You know, um, if if you are if you know better or you knew the correct answer or if an authority figure got it wrong. Uh, it was seen as you trying to be, you know, a smarty pants and not that, oh, maybe I actually did know the the correct answer, mm. right? So then I think going into university and stuff like that where, oh, I, I have the, the master's and the PhD. You're just a student. You you shouldn't like chime in when you have a lot of that environment. You carry a lot of that into work with you. Mm. So working at Little Art makes, you know, not to just plug everything that we do, but it is, they do encourage you to kind of, um, express your ideas and your thoughts, and there is uh, they want your ideas. Um, but because we carry so much of that from growing up, I think it's a real struggle to actually just be really open. It because sometimes we think it's a trap. Like, do you really want, or is this something where you you're going to come after me later because it was a bad idea? Yeah, I would love to uh, touch in on that, but we do have to take a short break for some messages. So, uh, do stay uh, tuned after the break. I will continue this conversation with Matthew Raj Adam, content creator and special project partner at Leaderonomics, all about confidence and first jobs here on Raise Your Game on BFM 89.9. Bias Free Media, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Listening to Raise Your Game, I'm Christine Wong, and joining me on the line today is Matthew Raj Adam, content creator and special projects partner at Leaderonomics. Today, we're talking all about confidence and first jobs, which can be so scary, especially when it comes to stepping into the new system and trying to figure out where you fit in. And before the break, we talked a little bit about uh, two problematic thoughts that uh, new employees might have first of which is i don't have the skills required to contribute to this and the second of which is no one will want my thoughts on this i would also like to point out at this point that um here in malaysia specifically we have a massive problem with power distance as well and that ties into that feeling that you don't want to go against authority um and that is an actual issue that now I think employers are beginning to address, much like you said before the break, um, companies like Leaderonomics are making it a point to communicate to uh, their employees, new or old, that they do want their opinions and they do, but not every organization is like that, right? I mean, uh, talk to me a little bit about that from your perspective. Yeah, so um, again, you know, um, being having just graduated with a bunch of friends who are in the same place in, uh, in, in life, you can see that. Uh, uh, when we are talking about work, there are lots of different managers that we are dealing with. Mm. Honestly, there are um, people I you know who work at places like Leronomics where their supervisors or their bosses are very open, very encouraging uh, on them to explore and to share ideas. Then there are places where they don't want you to do that. They just want you to be like a worker bee, get everything done, submit everything and, and just be the hands that do the, um, the, the work. So I think it can be very, um, I think on both sides, it can be when you're given a lot of freedom to contribute and stuff, it can be very daunting. Um, a lot of people, especially if you weren't educated in a way where you're asked to think freely and on your own, it can be really hard. And then on the other hand, there are a lot of people who, who want to share, but they are in environments that they are not allowed to. So it's really, really difficult for them. They feel very suffocated in a sense because mm-hmm. they're just there and they are just used as a pair of tools in... Um, yeah, so a lot, of, a lot of people I know struggle with that. 
I think what this boils down to, essentially, you know, these feelings, I think what that boils down to is uh, in two aspects. One is what can a new employee do for themselves in order to feel like they have the ability to contribute and to be able to have that confidence in providing solutions uh, and and speaking up, essentially, right? And then on the other end, it's also what can an employer do to ensure that, you know, not just with the onboarding process, but also as the employee grows at the company to ensure that that person also feels like they are allowed to uh, provide insight and input into decisions that um, I think also the other part of this is decisions that actually impact the company and the work in some way, not just like the little, you know, what post-it do I use, right? Like things that actually make a difference. And I think that, you know, that also will cycle as well. So I think I would like to, from this point, go a little bit into some solutionizing uh, for these issues. And let's start with the employee's perspective for you uh, as someone who has just stepped into the workforce yourself. What are some things that you're doing for yourself to try to build that confidence and to try to actually get that, uh, past those barriers in your head of these thoughts? Yeah, so one thing that really changed things for me is when I realized that I'm actually part of this company, which sounds so funny, right? But when you start to see the projects as these are, or oh, this is something that I'm part of, that I have ownership of, suddenly you see the, the role very, very differently. And um, the the people who you're working for begin to appreciate that because they know that, oh, you're just here, not, you're not just here to get the job done and then dust your hands and then move on to the next thing. They they see that you want to take ownership of it. And when you start to see these things, also, oh, this is something that it has my name on it. I'm working on it. I should be proud to be working on it. Then suddenly you, um, I think you you see it really, really differently. So um, also it it is very good to do things like, don't work all the don't work all the time. Don't sit and think about work all the time. Take these breaks, right? And do like for me, what's really helpful is going and talking to other people outside of the company. It really helps me to understand what uh, what I'm supposed to be doing. Maybe talking to my friends who are managers and like learning the struggle from their end and realizing, oh, actually, it's not. Sometimes it's not all them. They've got all this bureaucracy to deal with, and then you realize that, oh, okay, this is actually how I can make better contributions. And I, um, there's also that thing where when you hear some of the really terrible places your friends work at, you start to actually realize that actually you have it really, really good. And a lot of it is not actually your manager or your supervisor. A lot of it is things that are in your head that are stopping you from kind of achieving your full potential mm. uh, at the place you're at. I think also one of the things that could help in that case is sometimes you don't have to pressure yourself to speak up immediately. Listening mm. is so key, right, to learning. And yeah. just because you... F- feel that you can't contribute it doesn't mean that you can't you know just take a pause and listen and learn right like for example if you're in a meeting and you feel this pressure because sometimes I think you know when you start a new job you want to impress and you want to like have a great first impression and you feel this need to like I should say something I should show them that I'm worth like the money that they're paying me and I'm mm-hmm. worth being hired um, and oftentimes it's actually even better especially as a new employee just mm-hmm. to kind of sit there and see how everything works first and absorb all of this information before you actually make a move to contribute mm-hmm. Um, and it's not a bad thing to be quiet sometimes, I think, as well, right? Yeah, I think sometimes it's that simple act of everybody else just said something and it wasn't like a planned thing. And then it's this this whole thing you have in your head. It's like, oh, um, she just said something. She was the last person who didn't say something. Now it's just me. Am I supposed to say something now? So that whole thing is 
what actually pushes you. It wasn't actually anybody's intention to try to force you to speak mm. or anything. But it's just those very, uh, those psychological things that happen sometimes that really, that really put pressure on a person. It's almost like a FOMO kind of thing where you're just terrified. Yeah. Like, if I don't speak now, maybe uh, I can't speak. And then maybe they'll think that I'm not contributing. And maybe they'll think that I'm not mm. listening. And, you know, and then you kind of spiral, right? Um, but it's not yeah. it's not the case. And I think it's interesting to um, sometimes remind yourself, I can just sit here and listen and that's totally fine if I really feel that I cannot contribute at this point in time, right? And mm. I think from here, let's take a look at what employers can also do for their employees, especially the newest employees, to give them this uh, environment where they can speak up. Because we, like we mentioned, it's not every organization that um, that does this, sadly. Uh, mm. We are still a long way from having, um, you know, everyone have a super healthy work culture, right? But yeah. um, what can employers do to uh, ease new employees into that space? I think it's all about how they have the conversations like during their their weekly meetings or during the check-ins that they have. I think how you manage those conversations is really important in making the new employee feel settled and willing to kind of open up and share. So um, on my end, I think what my supervisor does really, really well is that he um, he, we, when we start by going through all the stuff that I have to, and then we, we tackle some problems that we are seeing that week, right? And then he will kind of ask me, so what do you think after, you know, um, looking at everything? And then he, he just says, no right or no wrong, just just share what you think. And obviously the first time we did it, I wasn't very uh, open to kind of do it. But with every week, him just opening that door and saying, hey, come on in, look at what's going on, you know, and share your thoughts. Then you start to get very, very com- uh, comfortable. Mm-hmm. I think another thing that he does that's been really helpful for me is that he sometimes just takes that shot in uh, uh, to to contribute um, in the discussion, even though he's not really sure what the whole situation is. If we're not making any decisions, we're just kind of, um, you know, just shooting here. So yeah, that's something he does that really helps me. You know, I love that. And I also think that it's also taking away this feeling of there are consequences to everything I say, right? Yeah. Um, you know, taking away that pressure and just being like, look, I would love for you to contribute and there is no right or wrong answer. Uh, I just want to know what you think uh, for your perspective and and making that very clear. I think it's about that transparency and that communication Um, and to also be honest about if that decision or that idea is going to affect something later on in the pipeline as well. And that ties back into, as you mentioned earlier, that sense of ownership, knowing exactly what, I guess, what the consequences are, like sort of what the Mm. effects of these thoughts could be, right? Um, there are some people who might sit you down and be like, hey, I want to know what you think. And then later on, like you mentioned, I think earlier as well, that might get flipped on its head as something that, oh, X person said this and this didn't turn out well and therefore I'm going to assign blame, which is extremely toxic. Let's also clarify, right? Um, But to, you know, if you're going to offer that, you have to make sure as an employer or as a leader, I suppose, that you do mean what you say, that there is truly no right or wrong answer, right? Mm. Um, That is super important, I think, as well. So I guess I would love to end this with a couple of um, – I would love to end this with just some thoughts, some concluding thoughts from you on, uh, you know, what else can – what else is there for um, people who are entering their first jobs or even if not if not their first jobs at all but, you know, entering into a new situation, people who are maybe they're moving from uh, being employed to being self-employed. I mean, anyone who's 
jumping into something that they feel this lack of confidence in. Do you have any concluding thoughts for those who are listening who feel that way? Yeah. So yeah, when I first joined, I was very excited to get the offer letter uh, and uh, very excited about what the company was doing and loved what they were all about. And then when I joined the first day, it just all evaporated because I was like, oh, you know, do I know what I'm doing here? And I think, uh, like you said, for everyone who's going into something new, well, you're already, you've already made that big decision. You've already signed um, that form or whatever, right? So you got to remember why you decided to do that in the first place. Why did you decide to take this job or why did you decide to make that decision, right? And always going back to the root of that really helps you to kind of align with, okay, this is why I'm here. And all these other things are things that I'm going to learn along the way. And there are going to be people here that are going to support me um, along the way. Um, I, again, like we discussed, not everyone is very fortunate in that, uh, in that era. But if you um, are very confident in that decision in that this new thing that you're doing and, you know, the people were a big part of that decision, I'm sure that they're not just going to leave you hanging um, when you do get to it. So, yeah, I think remember why Remember the why, actually. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you so much to Matthew for speaking to me today all about confidence and first jobs. Thank you. You've been listening to Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. I've been speaking to Matthew Raj Adam, content creator and special project partner at Leaderonomics today, all about confidence and first jobs. If you've missed any of today's interview, of course, you can go ahead and re-listen to the podcast on our app. The app is available on the Apple App Store and Google Play. And also, we do upload all of our podcasts on our website, bfm.my, so you can also tune in there as well. This is BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.